Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week I want to talk about stop accepting that it can't be done or taking no for an answer. I literally just returned from Royal Bank in Canada. So originally I went to the Royal Bank in Kitchener and they told me, they would not they were going to put a hold on my certified check and i was a little upset by this but anyway i basically took my check back and i said i'm just going to take it to a different bank um there shouldn't be a hold on certified check and the whole time they were telling me was seven days which was the same as a regular check so it made no sense for me to pay to get it certified but then i got thinking i'm like i really it for me it the most convenient spot to put it right now just the way my accounts are lined up was into royal bank so and this is also a certified check from myself to myself, just from one of my accounts coming from a Scotiabank account just down the road. And I drove to a brand, another RBC branch in Cambridge this time. And I was like, okay, let's see if they do the same thing because maybe, you know, everything's different from branch to branch and depends who you get for holds and stuff. So I went in, here's the check. And they're like, oh, there's going to be a seven day hold and went through the same routine. And then they're like, yeah, a seven day hold. And I said, well, why is there a hold? And they go, well, we want to make sure the check clears. And I said, well, if I could prove that the check will clear, do we have an issue? And they're like, well, I guess not. And I'm like, well, isn't it a certified check anyway? And they're like, yeah, but we don't, you know, it could be, oh, they really didn't give me a straight answer. So they're, I'm like, well, if I went back to Scotiabank and got more proof of this check, would that be sufficient? And they said, yeah, I guess so. And this is after they said, there's no way we can deposit this without a hold. But really, just a few extra questions and you could get this check to go through. So I went back to Scotiabank, they printed out my statement, they stamped it, they printed out the transaction, stamped it, I took it back to Royal Bank, it went through, no hold. Boom, it was just a couple questions, right? It's just a couple questions. And this stuff happens, I find it a lot, in US real estate, because the stuff we're buying is riddled with problems usually. Um, the To tell you another quick story, we were buying a property in uh, Northwest uh, Dayton, Ohio. And the property, when we went to close the property, two days before the title company, our title company um, tells us, yeah, the, this deal's dead. It's dead, we're, you, you gotta walk away. Uh, it's all dead, all in email. And I pick up the phone and I call them I said, why is it dead? Well, first problem is the uh, the contract. It has the wholesaler's name on the contract and the title company on uh, the, the the seller's title company won't accept it. They they're saying they're not. You can't assign this contract. And so, first of all, we basically had to do a thousand phone calls and get some paperwork signed. Solve the problem thought anyway so okay now are we good to close are we good to close and i go back to my title company and they're like no we're not good to close the contract says that we only close with the seller's title company so the deal's dead again oh okay so the deal's dead because he won't go with your seller company so it won't it's not really dead it's dead to you it's dead because they won't work with you but we have a catch-22 here because there's a lender involved. The problem is my lender 
in Georgia will not lend uh, except for with their title company. And the seller won't sell unless they use their title company. So you're at a catch-22. And they're saying the deal's dead. We're done. The, the, the whole thing's over. We're, you should walk away. You're going to lose your deposit. Everything's dead. And I'm like, no, no, no. Let's solve the problem. Let's solve the problem. Like, it's a good enough deal. I still want it. Let's make it work. Think outside of the box. So, okay, what's the problem? The problem is my, my lender needs a certain title company. Their seller needs a certain title company. So let's go back to the seller and see if they'll negotiate to go to my title company. I did. No, no game. They're saying they will only use their title company. That's what they feel comfortable with. Done. So my lender will not lend on this deal with the other title company. Okay, so let's think here. What can we do? Well, one thing we do is switch lenders, but we're two days before, so we can't really do that. But I talked to the lender. I talked to the title company. Okay, how about we use the seller's lender? We go find some gap funding. We close the property in cash, and then we close immediately with the other title company uh, into financing. If you ever do this, just so you know, it isn't an instant transaction, which it should be. They need to get paperwork filed uh, with the, the state, and then they'll redo it and change it to your, like, over to into the loan. Makes no sense. But just so you know, that is a thing that happens. So it will take you probably three days. So, okay, so that's what we do. Okay, we're going to close this with cash. Problem solved. So I go and call up the seller's title company. Okay, we got a, we got a way to do this. I'm going to close with cash. We're good. The, the seller's title company goes, yeah, but we really ran all the information based on the wholesaler in the contract. We didn't know about your corporation so we weren't have this thing set up to even close into a corporation we have it closing in with cash to this other wholesaler so there's a mess of paperwork <laughs> so basically what i did was then i'm like what do you need to get this done and how can i make it easier for you well they're like well we need corporate documents yesterday okay here's your all the corporate documents what do you need verification i can pull up extra stuff for them and that's what i did i made it as easy as i could for them and that's how we actually closed the deal we made it work so that i closed in cash three days later closed into financing paid use the gap funding it worked right um this happens we do this all the time is because that's where you get your best deals is to solve problems we bought a property in alabama uh just south of huntsville and they wanted, the bank was selling it as a foreclosure. They wanted $86,000 for the property. And what happened is people would come through and they would buy the property from the bank, sign the contract, and then whenever title went to do title, every time they'd find that the property line was going right through the middle of the garage and they'd walk away. And they sold the property over and over and over again and... Nobody would, nobody could close. Nobody wanted this property with a tainted title. And so what do, what do we do? How, should I be walking away from this deal? No, look, there's an issue and I'm willing to take on um, the problem if the solution is cheap enough. So instead of just buying this property, first of all, get the property under contract so that it doesn't disappear on you. Put it under contract, ask for a little bit longer for due diligence. Cool. Then we're going to go and find an attorney that specializes in this exact thing. So just talk to your closing company, 
this title company, whoever's closing this property, get some referrals to other companies. And so we found a guy that was awesome. We ended up using Cronwell Title in uh, in Huntsville, and he was like, "Okay, well, what's the like? What's the worst case scenario to fix this line?" And they said, "Probably ten thousand dollars to fix the property line, uh, and that means paying some money." to the neighbors for 10 feet by 200 feet, uh, because it's a big lot, um, paying and buying that chunk off of them. Okay, what? that seems easy enough. Give them some money, and then we need to get a survey done, and then register it, and he's, he would do all the rest of it, and get it all done. Cool. <laughs> this story turned out to be quite the fiasco because the, the, the seller, or sorry, the neighbor who owned the, that chunk of land that we were trying to buy off of them was in and out of prison. And so we had to hire a private investigator as well to chase him around uh, and find him in whichever penitentiary he was in at the time. Um, like we'd find him and then he'd get out and then we didn't have to find him. And so we ended up taking the risk and we we paid to get all the surveys and everything done and then we just waited and so we're like okay where is he and finally they got the private investigator called he's in prison again cool get him over signed paperwork so anyway we did this um but the part of the story that's interesting is so they wanted eighty six thousand dollars for it i said well no one can close on that um it's very expensive to fix this property line issue how about $50,000 because I need to fix an issue in order for me to be able to sell this property later because it has a clouded title. And they said, no, that's that's impossible. So I didn't care. I sent them an offer for $50,000 anyway. And they returned the offer and then I sent another offer for $50,000 and they countered at fifty nine again and finally we accepted the $59,000. We got to the closing table. Something got screwed up. And they only had our one of our contracts for fifty thousand dollars, so we got the property for fifty grand, um, which is awesome. <laughs> and but the thing is, a lot of people walk away from these kind of problems, um, and you don't have to know how to solve them. You don't have to know how to find the people to solve the problems. And when there's problems and people saying no, don't accept those answers ask questions see what the issue is that they're having see what their problem is and then see if you it's something you can solve um like i said put properties under contract so they don't disappear while you're doing all this work um but put it under contract go see if you can solve problems if there's uh uh property back taxes is what a lot of things we see often you can negotiate those with uh, the city so or the yeah, the city. So you go, you can go in, or the county, sorry. You negotiate those with the county. So <laughs> maybe you get this place under contract and then you go negotiate in your due diligence period to see what you can get them to reduce it to. And that's still, you're accepting those taxes when you close. So you put that into your purchase price, um, factoring in. But maybe that's, uh, you know, it based on those numbers it's based on what you're buying not what you've negotiated to be in the future so you've solved your own problems anyway there's lots of things to negotiate on there's lots of things to solve and my main thing is to stop accepting that this isn't this isn't exactly what you want and find people that can solve the problems for you we're going to go into a great period right now uh with this covid stuff there's going to be deals there's going to be problems and problems plus covid you can probably find some amazing deals um i hope this was helpful um i probably could have came up with like 
dozens of stories because almost every property I buy has some type of issue with it and then we solve the problem to get an extra discount. But anyway, um, any questions, send me an email, glenn at glennsutherland.com. Um, I don't pitch this much, but I do have a Facebook group for my book club. If you want to read a book with us every month, um, come join us and we'll talk about the book at the end of the month. Hope that helps. I'll talk to you all next week. Thanks. Bye.